Through the season of Advent, we linked up the lectionary assigned texts from the book of Isaiah with the, address, with the traditional Advent themes. So on the first Sunday of Advent, with Isaiah 2-4, they shall beat their swords into plowshares, we made the link to the theme of peace. And then on the next week, the key verse, Isaiah 11-1, a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, was connected to the theme of hope. On the third Sunday, the desert shall rejoice and blossom from Isaiah 35.1, lifted up the theme of joy. And finally, last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent, with the focus verse of Isaiah 7.14, the verse that said, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, was connected to the Advent theme of love. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, peace. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse, hope. The desert shall rejoice and blossom, joy. The young woman is with child and shall bear a son, love. That is, we focused on the prophecies from Isaiah that pointed us toward these themes of peace, hope, joy, and love, and therefore how these prophecies also point us toward the coming Christ. Today, Christmas Day, we have one more Isaiah passage to look at, one more prophecy designated in the lectionary for us to consider, the familiar text of Isaiah chapter 9. The lead verse is this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And from that, you might assume that the theme word for today is light. And light is a good theme, that's for sure. Christ comes and Christ brings light, chasing away the darkness that is both within us as well as around us. In fact, Christ is the light, the light of the world, as he describes himself in two of the Gospels. But what kind of light? The light of what in the world? When Jesus is born into the world, when Emmanuel, God with us, arrives, What is the nature of the light that comes with him? What is the light that comes into the world that shows itself to people who have for far too long lived in darkness? If we circle back around to the themes of Advent, we'd say that Christ is the light of peace, shining peace into the world. Christ is the light of hope, shining hope into the world. Christ is the light of joy, shining joy into the world. Christ is the light of love, shining love into the world into the world. And all of that is true. Christ does shine peace and hope and joy and love into the world. But today, with this passage, there is something else that Christ shines into the world. And it is this. Christ shines justice into the world. Peace, hope, joy, love, and now justice. And with that word justice in mind and the idea that the light that comes into the world this day is the light of justice, that the darkness that is chased away with the coming of Christ is the darkness of injustice, with that as the lens of your awareness, listen to this verse from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 4. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, You have broken as on the day of Midian. When Jesus comes into the world, he shines a light on the unfair burdens that some have been bearing. 
He shines a light on the oppressor so that it is clear how unfair it is for some to have all the power and some to have none of the power. When Jesus comes into the world, he shines a light on all that is unfair. He shines a light on inequity. He shines a light on injustice. And when the light of truth, of exposure, of fairness is shining on what is falsely presented as fair or carefully hidden from scrutiny or justified as right just because it has always been that way, when Jesus shines the light on those things, then justice finally has a chance because justice finally has a courageous and determined advocate. Often injustice relies on authority figures to protect it, to extend it. People have power, and so they use that power to say, I am right. This is the way it is, so this must be right. I have control, so I must be in the right. But in Isaiah's prophecy, authority is swinging back to Christ. For a child is born, has been born for us, a son given to us, Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The light that Jesus brings into the world is the light of peace and hope and joy and love, but it is also the light of justice. Jesus shines a bright light on what is dark in our own hearts and what is dark in this world. When Isaiah talks about the people who live in a land of deep darkness, he is, of course, talking about the people of his own time, but he is also talking about us. We live in a land of deep darkness. We live in a land of deep contempt for political adversaries. We live in a land of entrenched racism. We live in a land that condemns the migrant who moves toward opportunity. We live in a land that blames the poor for their poverty, even as it stacks the deck against them at every turn. We live in a land obsessed with guns and supposed self-protection. We live in a land that exploits and abuses the creation. We live in a land of deep darkness. And I'd like to say that as Christians, it is our job to hold up the example of Christ, to teach the teachings of Christ, to be the the hands and the feet of Christ. And to do that, and to do it with integrity, means that we have to open our eyes to injustice. And not just that, but shine the light of truth upon it whether that means shining the light of Christ out into the world or shining it just as carefully and honestly into our own lives, into our own hearts. The light that Jesus brings into the world is quite simply this. It is the light of honesty and integrity. And following that path of honesty and integrity to its logical end, we arrive at righteousness. That is, it is the light of doing what is right. It is the light that chases away the darkness because doing what is right clears away what is wrong. So reflecting the light of Christ is shining the light of truth and equity into the darkness of delusion and inequity. 
The light of Christ shines brightly, and in that light, we see clear answers to important questions. Do we deserve more than others? No. Do we have the means to make things more fair, more right? Yes. Is the purpose of life to protect our tribe and increase its advantages? No. Is the purpose of life loving the neighbor, the stranger, the enemy? Yes. And this question, are we going to shine the light of Christ on what is unfair and wrong in the world by making our lives beacons of what is fair and right in this world? We get to answer that question too. Yes or no? Peace, hope, joy, love, justice. This is where the Advent journey has taken us. Peace, hope, joy, and love take us down a path to justice. Because I can't have those things until you have them. I can't have peace and hope and joy and love until you have them too. And that's justice. When you are at peace, I can be at peace. That's justice. When you can have hope, I can be hopeful too. That's justice. When you can rejoice, I can rejoice in your rejoicing. That's justice. When you can be fully held in the arms of love, then I can release myself to love as well. That's justice. No one should have the short end of the stick. Shine a light on that. So we all see those places where someone has the short end of the stick and then change what you see. That's the light of Jesus. I saw a story a couple of weeks ago that I think touches on this, that light shined on something wrong, something unfair, can change it can make things clear, yes, but fundamentally change things for the better as well. Here's the story. It's from NPR's Unsung Heroes series offered through the Hidden Brain program. Middle school is a rough period of life for many of us, and it can feel like the end of the world if you're the target of the school's mean girls. Jennifer knew this feeling all too well, We're withholding her last name at her request to protect her privacy. When she was in middle school, she was often ridiculed by other kids. Her classmates made fun of her social awkwardness and unfashionable clothes. Then the bullying escalated to a whole new level in seventh grade, and three girls started targeting Jennifer almost every day. They would wait for me in the hallway at the end of class so that they could start picking on me right away, Jennifer said, and they would corner me in this area of the school called the draw-off, where they would kind of form a ring around me and insult me. Jennifer didn't know what to do to defend herself, so she'd just repeat back what the girl said to her. So they would say, you're stupid, and I'd say, no, you're stupid. And then they'd say, you're ugly, and I'd say, no, you're ugly, Jennifer recalled. The rest of the school year went on this way. Jennifer's grades suffered. She would cry on the bus most days on the way home from school, trying to get herself together so that her mother wouldn't know what was happening. 
During the summer between 7th and 8th grade, the ringleader of the group that had targeted her was tragically killed in a car accident. Although I would never wish anything like that on any of them, I really just wanted them to stop picking on me. I did hold out some hope that this might mean that 8th grade could be different, Jennifer said. That hope lasted just a few days into the new school year when Jennifer discovered that the group had a new ringleader, a girl who had just moved to Jennifer's school. The bullying quickly resumed, and it seemed like eighth grade would be much like seventh. But about six weeks into the school year, something happened. Jennifer was in the locker room. She was by herself because she had waited for everyone else to leave so she could change in private. Just then she heard a voice. It was the new ringleader. I was terrified. I'd never spoken to her before, Jennifer recalled. Jennifer tried to hold it together to not show any weakness. Then the ringleader said something that cut Jennifer to her core. She said, my girls tell me you've been insulting them, Jennifer remembered. And I was just so surprised. And the injustice of it shocked me so thoroughly that it knocked the pins right out from under me. Jennifer began to cry. The girl responded harshly, asking, what are you crying about? That pushed Jennifer over the edge. The whole story tumbled out of her mouth. I talked to her about how these girls had tormented me all the way through seventh grade and how no insult I'd ever thrown at them was anything they hadn't said to me ten seconds before, Jennifer said. A long silence followed Jennifer's confession. She waited for the ringleader to say something cruel. And then I hear her say, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I'll tell them to stop, Jennifer recalled. And when I looked up, she was gone, and those girls never spoke to me again. After that moment in the locker room, Jennifer's whole experience of school changed. She was able to concentrate and get better grades. She made friends. Her future felt promising. I don't know what it takes, what kind of strength of character it must take to do the right thing in middle school when nobody does the right thing. But she did, Jennifer said. Jennifer feels like that moment helped change her perspective on the world. She began to give people the benefit of the doubt and to trust others more often than she would have. All things that I did because my unsung hero gave me a view of humanity I had never had before, she said. And if I could tell her about that today, I would tell her, that she didn't just change my life, though she did. She changed the whole world. The light shines in the darkness. It shines on those who have walked in deep darkness. And the light is the light of truth. It confesses injury. It exposes injustice. And it is also the light of of healing. Where there, where there is truth, there is, of course, then the possibility of things made right, of healing. Peace, hope, joy, love, and on this day, justice. The light of Christ shines on us, and we shine the light of Christ into our own hearts and into the world. And then maybe we help to make what was wrong right. To lift a burden. To change an injustice. 
to make things better. Shine the light of peace. Shine the light of hope. Shine the light of joy. Shine the light of love. Shine the light of justice. Amen. And I send you off with this benediction. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. May it be so. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.